welcome to part two of uh, Jay Catton. Jay, uh, we 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 spoke about um, Europe and the success you've had there. Um, you've also had some very good success in the Iron Brew Cup. Sorry, mate. You can just sorry, mate. You can just do that again. It's just cut off, then, pal. Sorry. No worries. Um, you had some success in the Iron Brew Cup this um, over the over this se- last season. How'd you look back at that time? We've we've loved our time in the Iron Brew Cup. Mate, you know, we've we've been very fortunate, uh, been in the competition now a number of years. And last year for us to get to the uh, the final and be the first ever Welsh team or non Scottish team even to to make all the way to that stage, now we're losing out to Ross County, uh, was another incredible achievement. You know, the games that we had that year, um, played Falkirk away. Um, the first round, which was, you know, that was arguably the start of the journey, really, to, to go and beat a club of that historical um, and success that they've had over the years with Michael Wildheader, which was brilliant. We we hosted Cliftonville from Ireland at home, who brought a fantastic set of supporters down, you know, sold out the D-side stadium. Uh, we then had a quarterfinal, we played Queen's Park at Hamden Park. You know, how many people can say they played at Hamden Park? Another fantastic one. And then beating Edinburgh in the semi-finals in what was then a record crowd at the D-side stadium which all led to the final at Ross County so yeah last year in particular it was it was a a great competition um, which has led to further success from the club and the branding and the the exposure of ourselves in the league and yeah it's a a competition that we love to be part of and that was a big a big success of winning the League Cup this year was that actually we we gained our place in the Iron Brew which was which was a big achievement How how did you plan for for the Iron Brew, very similar again. We we'd always go up to watch um, who it was we'd, we'd drawn. Um, we always had that detail again prepped. Uh, one of the biggest challenges you've got with the Scottish Cup competition is that by playing on the Saturday, your Welsh Premier game gets moved to a Tuesday. Um, and I always remember a lot of games that we've had, and, and people do forget this, where you'd play in Scotland on the Saturday. You play a Welsh Premier, you rearrange the game on the Tuesday, but then you could also play on the following Friday. And that's happened to us numerous times. And that's hard. You know, you, you, you have three games to manage with literally within seven days, um, which is always a, a challenge. And that is, is one of the only negatives. But that's the same as a, you know, a top level team playing in Europe, traveling away. So it's, it's what we want to be doing. You want to play as many games as you can because you know you're doing well. But, it's it is. It's been been another incredible experiences and the the clubs and the standard of clubs and one thing that's quite nice is one of the as you all know one of the negatives arguably put on the Welsh Premier at times is because it is only a twelve team league which you know we understand the standards and the criteria it's hard but it can be same teams same teams playing the same people um, and sometimes to go and play in Scotland and Europe that's what's quite refreshing. It's brand new teams, it's brand new ways of playing, brand new challenges, and ultimately by doing that, when we return to the Welsh Premier League, there's more that we can give the league and an influence with our club. So, yeah, it's 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 always a challenge, like anything, but it's it's a great challenge to be part of, and you know the the planning that goes into it has always been meticulous, and I think that's a, a key part of why we've done so well in the competition. Did did you do your preparation like you would in like you'd face in Europe? Yeah, everything's the same. So Connor's key, um, our planning, our detail on our position of having them watch the video footage of every bit of detail we can get, the same preparation for Europe goes 
goes into a Welsh Premier game, goes into a League Cup game, uh, goes into the Iron Brew. It goes into every single game. And that's the key of the football club and why we've been so competitive across all sectors, all competitions, is that's the detail. You know, um, this year, for example, when we come back from Partizan, um, I think we come back on the Thursday, and as staff, the first thing we did was went to watch Rill, because in two weeks' time we had Rill in the first stage of the Nathaniel Cup. And, you know, that's the detail. And, and we watched them again. We watched them every week we could when we were back on the pre-season games. And every game that we play, that's the, the detail that's approached, because our belief is that that gives us a chance, you know, and ultimately if we don't do that work and don't put everything in, you know, arguably you're not doing everything you can to win a game of football, and that's what that's what we have to do. How did you How did you approach the Falkirk game? The Falkirk was another challenging game because they'd also just changed their manager, and Falkirk at that stage when we played and they were languishing, or, or maybe even were in the bottom two, three of the Scottish Championship then. So we knew they were a team low in confidence and. What we felt they were going to do was by the new manager, we're looking to shore things up and tighten things up defensively. So what was a bit strange, really, they, they sat off us. So we had a lot of the ball that game. I think I think the possession stats was 60-40 or 65-35. So we had a lot of the ball. And I always remember that game because we played a back three. Based on this, and our right and left of the back three were, were actually encouraged to step in because... They sat off, they did a mid-block press and you were trying to break the lines through it and, and we did really well. And again, we exploited that, but that was due to the detail that we had playing into it and what we'd known and what we expected. And again, we got it right and we'd done really well. Uh, as I said, Michael Wilder his set-piece header, which was a great finish. Um, but the tactics on the on the day were right and it, it was. It was another another incredible night. From from the uh, obviously your journey in in the Ironbury, what was the standout performance from your point of view? Good question. That run in particular, the Falkirk game has to be up there because of the standard opposition it was. Um, I would also say for me, the quarter final game away to Queen's Park, um, based on the fact that we were we were one 0 down, we we're trailing, um, and I think the subs in particular that game that came on the standard of the two goals we scored in response um, late on to win it and the the euphoria of being at Hampden Park where it was quite a special evening um, what, but but also it's a bit harder really because although we lost the game in the final arguably the first half performance one of the best you could have ever imagined you know we went one up with Michael Bakari uh, we limited them to very few chances if any in the first half and we also had two incredible chances just prior to the half-time break through Andy Owens. Unfortunately, we didn't convert. Um, and if they had been, who knows, maybe it would have been a different story. It was always going to be hard later on in the game because the standard of players they had to come on and, and how they changed the game and influenced the game. And now they're a Scottish Premier team, which also shows their standard. But, yeah, I think I think the final performance as well, was, although the, the, the result wasn't there, the performance was, was hugely credible to our players and and staff and the work we've done but it was it was an incredible run um, and we look forward to hopefully many years in that competition because we've got fond memories in Scotland the people are great the organisation's great they've always treated us so well and we've, yeah, we've got so many fond memories of, of all our adventures into, into the Scottish um, the Scottish country What was it like building up for the Queen's Park game you know obviously you play at Hamden was that something you were looking really looking forward to? Massively 
Um, I think, you know, to, to go to Hampden Park and be part of a coaching staff, committee, playing staff, um, how many people can say they've done that? You know, very, very few. And the history there and uh, we travelled up the day earlier and we, we had a day at the ground just to see. We trained next to it. Uh, they've got Little Hampden there. We trained their training facility and just the the energy around the stadium and the, the city you know, every, everything about it, it just screams football and football fanatics and such a buzz around the place. And I think the other positive, it was a night game. So it was even more, you get that feel a little bit more. BBC Alba um, showed the game live, uh, which was great. So again, huge coverage for everyone. And it was, it was really special evening. And the night of the game, I remember going into the change rooms and, you know, this is international stadium and all these amazing countries that have played there was amazing Scottish teams and finals and just be part of that and to have said we've we've been there as a football club was immense and to get the result and to beat Queen's Park you know just added to that as well What were your thoughts going into that game did you think you had a good good chance of like going through We, we did you know, Queen's Park at the time I think we were tier 3 um, uh, they, they weren't flying in the league uh, we felt tactically um, they played a 4-4-2 and we felt we could exploit that in certain areas but uh, first half uh, we didn't and in fairness we had to change a few things tactically ourselves because I always remember their two midfield we weren't quite high and tight enough and, and pressing enough of our three and, and, and once we addressed that and, and got it right you know, it, 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 we did really, really well. And I think um, if we'd have maybe started the game like that, we, we definitely wouldn't have been one down. But how we responded and the two goals, as you said, that we scored and, and what we limited them was great. And, and you know, we, we had we had a lot of chances early on as well. You know, we did have a lot of chances. I think their goalkeeper was man of the match as well. So, you know, maybe not giving us enough credit on there. But it was it was, was a really, really good night. And it was a, a good tactical battle as well as, as the game developed. Obviously, um, you got to the final. You touched on there, um, especially first half. You could have been three, three nil up at half time, but coming away from the game, were you disappointed that that result didn't happen for for Konoski? Yeah, we're we're never we're never naive to that to say, oh, you know, it's, it's nice we acquitted ourselves well and and all those things, you know, because if you're part of something, you want to try and win it, and we did, and we and we we performed well. We had opportunities, as you said. I think as staff, we're probably honest in that we, we felt, we knew the subs they had to come on. We knew how they were going to change the game and adapt to what our initial plan was, just like any team would eventually. But we felt if we can catch them off guard with this in the first 30 minutes, say, and we did and we did it well. But there's no guarantee, even if them one or two chances do go in, there's still no guarantee you would have held out because they, at the end of the day, they scored free as well. Um, and they're a really good team, but it was it was an incredible journey. And hopefully, one in the future we can we can go one better. And I think any Welsh team involved in that competition, as TNS have been over the years ourselves, it's it's a really, really fortunate competition to be part of, and one that you want to be part of every year. And that's why doing well in the Welsh Premier League and the League Cup, the Vanier Cup, with the this the Scottish Cup um, entrance available through winning it is is a real incentive and key to to do well and be part of that competition. How was how was the approach going into that final? Again, we, we tried to make... It was a challenging one because uh, it was, as you know, it was played in Inverness. So that was quite a big debate at the time because uh, obviously in terms of Ross County, it was on their doorstep. 
uh, 10 miles. And for us, we actually flew there, which tells its own story. It was that north of Scotland um, that we took a plane. So it was it was a travel challenge and it was a bit of a shame because a number of our fans couldn't attend it. Um, but ultimately, it was a fantastic final. And again, as always, we prepped everything correctly. We made sure we went up there at day time. We allowed the lads to enjoy it and take it all in. Um, and we worked so hard that week and preparing as we do for every game. So, yeah, nothing, no huge changes on that. And I think we got a lot right on the final, but unfortunately for us, it wasn't, wasn't meant to be. Obviously, over the over the years, um, there's been quite a, quite a few um, increase of supporters at Conniskey. How proud are you to see that coming through? Yeah, huge amount because I think it's it's hard the Welsh Premier League and it it gets a bit of a bad rep for fans at times. Um, obviously, we're, we're very fortunate. There's clubs like Carnarvon who who have huge fan bases, but I think. There's a lot of challenges within, but I think at Connors Key we're very, very fortunate. You know, we've got a huge community program where we're in regularly in schools. We have girls teams, we have a walking football team, we have a vets team. We're, we're really at the heart of community projects, which shades fans. Um, our academy is thriving. We have players from, as I said, all across North Wales and northwest of England. Uh, the success that the club has had has brought in more fan base, and I think when you look at big events we've had as in the Welsh Cup final at Newtown the Nathaniel Cup final this season that's when you really see the actual support Connorsky has and, and the fans that we do take to those events uh, we always hope like all clubs we get fans more regular uh, we know it's a challenge the same nights or afternoons that Premier League teams are playing we're that close to clubs such as your Liverpool Manchester United your Tramia Rovers they're on our doorstep as well as even Conference Clubs Chester Wrexham it's always going to be a challenge but we do, we have, we have some great support and, and we hope that, that that fan base continues to grow. And we've got people like um, our head fan liaison officer, um, Eddie, who's doing a, who's doing a great job. Um, he, he's really pushing for our fans and local community and our social media sides as well. You know, Nick Mesney will catch all the work that they do that promotes the football club 24-7 on everything that we do. And I think it's really engaging and and hopefully that continues to build a fan base and people seeing the great work the club's doing across all sectors in doing so. Obviously, uh, you, you had a success, uh, the big success was the Welsh Cup. Uh, how do you look back at that uh, journey, Cup run, and, and also winning in the final? Uh, the Welsh Cup was a special year. You know, it was a special, special year. First time the football club's done it in its history. Um, the Welsh Club's such an historical trophy. Um, the, the length of time the competition's going the history around it the stand of clubs that have won it um, you know we always wanted that and that season I think like, we, we defeated TNS in the quarterfinals at home which was huge in itself you know who'd been the holders for so many years we've done really well um, we then had the uh, famous semi-final game against Bangor City at Rilp uh, we actually won the game by six goals which was in a semi-final against Bangor City then had a fantastic team was was immense and and then the final might I still say a bit biased to it maybe but I, I do I I'm a big Welsh football fan as well as working in the game you know I, I love Welsh football and um, I've watched nearly every Welsh Cup final since I was a kid I loved it but I think that final at Newtown that day with ourselves and our Swift was a very very special occasion and in my opinion was one of if not the best ever Welsh Cup finals and I think there was numerous reasons for that I, I think the occasion on the day the work the FEW did with the um, parachuters dropping down, 
um, the actual crowd on the day. So, you know, what Aberystwyth brought and what we brought was just immense. And I think the scenes when we won it, the Sea of Red, all of our academy players and community players and the, the energy of the Konoski and D-side community was just fantastic. And to win the game as we did, uh, with four goals and really, really well-taken goals and the whole day and occasion was was very special and, and it was another great achievement and, again, a hugely enjoyable experience and, and proud, very proud and privileged to be a part of that. I just want to go back uh, to the semi-final. Were you surprised, obviously, with the scoreline involving against Bangor? Yeah, we we really went through that game. Uh, Neil Gibson had joined the club that summer and one of Neil's biggest things that he brought in at, at that stage was uh, was this a uh, four-diamond two um, playing style, which he had great detail on. He'd done it previously with Prostatin. And, um, a little bit based on, at the time, we had a few injuries, we had a few changes, and, and with what we had available, we, we went with this shape, and you know we pushed two up front. We had, I think at the time, it was Andy Owens and Michael Bacar up front, and Wignall just behind them. So it was a huge amount of pace, really attacking-minded. Um, there's always a risk factor to that, as we know, if you go in that style. But fortunately for us, it just that day it just clicked. We we really really took it to Bangor that day. I think we were three or four up at half time, um, and it just really was so attack minded. And our play was fantastic. Our final third play was brilliant. Our final pass, our quality of finishing, and sometimes in football they come off for you. And it was it was a. A really, really memorable performance at our clubhouse. We've, we've, there's some photos that Welsh FA give you in your changing rooms um, of that night, and it, those joyous celebrations are still there because it was it was such a big evening, and we, we had a lot of players out, and what we had to adapt with and how it worked was was great. And, and when it comes off you in football as coaches and as players, there's a there's not much better feelings than that, and that led to a final and, and the Welsh Cup. So um, obviously you got Aberystwyth, um, and then you had the obviously the the academy down there. Was that a very proud day for from not from your point of view and as a whole club? Everyone's yeah, everyone's man. I think that's that's the key of us is that it's as I said earlier, it's it's a one club philosophy across, and uh, we've had buses for all the academy players and parents. We've had all we've had buses from the local Konski community. Um, we did really well. As you, as you said, when you look at the celebrations, it's just a sea of red um, through all ages, through our eights and nineteens, as well as parents, as well as all our supporters that attended the games, all the Konski community. You know, it, it, it was really special. And that night when we returned back to D side, and and we had you know our drinks um, in the local establishments, and and all the locals that were there as well, and everyone wanted photos with the carpet. Yeah, it, it was, and it, it was special, and it was like a lot of our European adventures. For everyone that was involved, it's something that none of us will forget. And it also, at that stage, it, it also qualified us automatically for Europe, which a lot of people forget. You know, by actually winning the game, we we didn't have to worry about playoffs, and it allowed us to plan for Europe accordingly. And it was, yeah, really, really good. And it was a great performance, a great day, and and another historical moment. Does that give you more time off? You know, after the Welsh Cup going into Europe, yeah, I and mean, it's it's massive, Matty. It's such a difference because, as I should do, Cardiff Met, for example, last season, um, they had three, four week turnover from the playoff final to their first game. Now, when you have that extra time to store your players, your signings, your travel, 
your European campaign, the more time you have, the better. Um, and it's also harder for players because when you do make Europe, because of the, fate, the stage of the season we go into, an eight, ten-month football season becomes a 12-month season. And if you become European teams on a regular basis, like a TNS have done for decades, we have the last four or five years, um, it, you, there's very, very little, if any, break. You know, the time you finish, you might get a week off and you're back in in some form. So when we did it that year, it was the Welsh Cup, or as we've done previous seasons, when we finished second, maybe, and get automatic. Then extra few weeks you get to recuperate in the right way before you come back a huge, you know, and I think every year, Every player knows how important they are when you've been part of that. Obviously, this year you um, you got the League Cup. Um, another good moment for the football club? It was a great one, Martin, as I said, due to the fact that the uh, Scottish Cup was available from it as well. made it an even extra, extra carrot. And what was great with that and on the Cup run was that a number of the academy players were utilised in games. Connor Hall was scoring against Flint. Uh, Sam Williams assisting, um, as you said, Eric, who played a part as well in goal. All these factors all added to it, and I think all of our squad played in some form of them rounds. And um, we had some tough games, you know, across the competition as always. Um, Gillsfield with Flint, uh, in particular, the early rounds, you know, really tough. So it was, it was a great one. And again, for the football club, it had only been done twenty years, I think it was prior. Uh, Peter Hughes one nil, one nil win. Um, which is great so to be able to to achieve that again for the club and, and achieve, as we said, the Scottish Cup competition was a great day and another great occasion at Newtown. What was the um, performance? Do you stand out from that from that competition? Um, arguably the final, I think, against STM. It, it, it was a difficult game because going into the final, we, we were huge favourites. You know, STM with the lead below. Um, Good team, you know. We, I, I watched them myself. I went down to South Wales to watch them. Um, they had huge threats and some great players within that. They had, um, they, they they played well, played some good football. And the journey they went on, I think they beat Aberystwyth in the semi, which again testament to them and what they achieved. So yeah, we knew it would be tough, but I think the final we, we produced some good football. Uh, we scored some great goals um, and and to win the game as we did. Um, in a in a very very professional manner, and limiting them, you know, not to have a scare about the game really, um, but having dominance on the ball and working it well and creating a number of chances and just as we said, being ultimate professional as the arguably superior team on that day, um, it was great. So yeah, I think the final was a great occasion and, and the performance merited that. We we are saying to the players like uh, looking for a professional performance, but at the same time wary of what STM uh, are capable of, what they have done in the Cup so far prior to the final. Agree. Yeah, great point. I think one of the big things that we used to, that we used, I remember for that final, was that that year uh, we were in the history books for what we did against Kilmarnock. As a team, you will be in the history books for what you achieved in that European campaign. If you lose this game, in the League Cup final to STM Sports, you may also be in the history books, but for another reason. And because we'd seen that other side where the massive underdog against Kilmarnock can go and overturn them, you know, the gap between us and STM Sports is a lot smaller than what the gap was between us and Kilmarnock. So it can be done, you know, and you have to ensure utter professionalism. We have to ensure our detail on STM is meticulous. 
we have to ensure we do everything right. And that's our football club. You know, that's one thing for us. But we win, lose or draw that week in the build-up, all the efforts and work and detail are always done. You know, so we know as a football club, our standards are so high that we have to do all of those factors to engage and have a real good opportunity on a weekend. And, and with STM, we did the same. And we're very fortunate. You know, we've got very, very professional players and that wouldn't allow them standards to slip in whoever they played on as staff and as football club. We wouldn't allow that either. So it was, it was very, very professional. There's a good week that built up into it as always covered every detail and, and we got our, our just rewards what rewards in the final did you um did you enjoy the celebrations that night yeah it was another good one you know it, it was and, and, and it's important that you do celebrate them good times you know football's so intense Matt it, it, you know it's relentless it's 24-7 you're thinking about it you're analysing you're planning um, you win a game you move on very quickly because you focus on the next game and the pressure that's entailed on that, and it's a it's a circle. You know, we love it, but it's it's intense and it's hard. But I think one thing as the years have developed, and just my own experience really, is and speaking to a lot of much more experienced coaches and people in the game than me. But you know, when you do have those good times, you've got to enjoy those good times. You know, because there's a lot of lows in football, as we all know, at all levels. So when you get those victories and those historic nights and those cup achievements, you you've got to do it and. You know, we um, as a group, we enjoyed it. We celebrated. Uh, I know our sponsor hotel, St David's Park Hotel de Vere. Uh, we had a really, really good night thereafter on our way back from Newtown. And again, locals, fans, um, our younger players were there as well, enjoying the occasion. So it was a really, really good night and a, another, another historic one. Obviously, um, recent recently, you've just uh, got confirmation you've passed your pro license. Yeah, just finished that um, officially uh, this or last month now. Um, so the, all the final paperwork and, and everything signed off. But yeah, really, really proud moment uh, for myself, for my family also, and for the club. Um, I've shown this a few times now, but I always remember doing the what was level one leaders award back when I was fourteen years of age. You know, doing a local Coventry Tigers team back then, and learning my trade as a young teenager and, and going through all the junior levels to so then coaching the senior game in Wales at Nomads Reserves um, all the way through to first team so Division 2 included league it was then all the way to the Welsh Alliance Cymru Alliance Welsh Prem and along that way being able the opportunity to the, with the FEW to do my C licence B licence A licence and fortunately to do pro was, was great because I think it's, yeah, it's a long journey because it's not just doing the courses implementing them and working with the relevant teams, relevant age groups across the board. So, as I said, for me, that was a, a culmination of an 18-year journey, really, from starting the Leaders Award to completing the Level 5 Pro Licence and enjoyed every minute of it. The, the courses, you know, can't give enough credit to the FEW Trust um, on the on the particular Pro Licence that just finished with Oshan Roberts and Lenny Lawrence, who led it, um, was supported by new technical director David Adams and Carl Darlington, who had just... You know, so super professional guys who've done huge amount for the Welsh system. Uh, what they're doing with the coach ed system in Wales is, is you know, to be applauded from all levels. One of the best in the country, and the pro license course in particular was was an amazing two years that we you know learned and did so many things, and to to finally complete all the days and all the works to have that qualification is a real proud moment. How did how did you find the course? Very challenging, very, very challenging, um, totally out of your comfort zone. I think 
I always remember day one, Oshan, that that was the clear message that this is going to take you way out of your comfort zone. This is going to do everything it can to prepare you for management, leadership. Uh, football is like that. You know, it's it's not not all simple. You've got to be very adaptable. And it did. And, and, and we had so many experiences. You know, we went to uh, went over to Geneva. We had a week study trip um, with an, another with a number of other nations uh, there, which was five day, which was fascinating. Numerous lectures, numerous presentations, practicals. Um, we went to Swansea City, where at the time uh, Graham Potter was manager, and to see what they did and their philosophies and their work. Um, and then one of the most biggest highlights was probably um, we spent a day with the Welsh Rugby Union team with Warren Gatland, and we actually, you know, were part of one of their sessions and. Um, to see their detail and how they conducted themselves was great. And, you know, a number of the tasks, a follow the leader task. Uh, I did a great task with David Jones, uh, who's the, the chief executive of College Cambria at the time. So I worked with him and the management and how he structured college and how he led his led his staff and his team. Um, to also study trips, you know, I did a study trip to Madrid, where I linked up with Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid and Real Valacana, one of our Conski Nomads Academy tours. So all those huge amount of experiences to take loads of knowledge to take and as I said what the FAW Trust are doing with the courses and that in particular the UEFA Pro Licence was, was memorable and took so much from it Do they still do the case study where you know where people go to other teams and see how they're working? Yeah so um, as part of the course um, everyone has to do a study visit so you have to do four days in another country um, and as you said, learning what the clubs do. And, and as I, I was fortunate, I was able to go to Madrid. Um, as I said, it was, we linked in with Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid, where we, we saw um, training sessions. As well as that, we were fortunate enough to go to Getafe and Real Vallecano. So we saw a number of the first team sessions there. We played a number of academy games and had the opportunity to speak to their staff on their structure, their philosophy, their beliefs, and why they do things the way they do, and particularly the academy level. And the key for all this, Matt, is like any coach education course or that trip is it's what can you bring back? You know, it's, it's all well and good going and seeing these things. But from our side in particular, it's OK, that's great. We can do that at Connors Key, but we need to amend this or we can take that, but adapt that. And it's how much stuff we can take, we can utilise, bring back to our football club and ultimately help our younger players to aid our first team to aid the Welsh game. You know, as coaches and, and all the opportunities we ever get, it's so important we take that. And we're fortunate that what we have learned, or I've learned, and all our staff at Connors Key, there's, there's a lot that has been implemented and a lot more to come in the future. What was it like going to, to Madrid and looking how they how they do things? It was huge. Like the the opportunity to go abroad, we've, we've done a lot of it with the academy. Um, you know, we've been to Italy, linked up with Juventus, AC Milan. We've been to Holland, uh, linked up with Feyenoord, Nac Breda, um, Ajax. We've linked in Germany with Bayer Leverkusen. We've done Portugal with Benfica. And it's always been a big part of our football club and, and my philosophy as well, of, of as many experiences as you can abroad and learning from different cultures, learning from different clubs and those experiences are just huge and, and it's been great because we've always included our younger academy team so they've been part of them as well so the players love it parents that come on, on board as well have experienced it and ultimately for our coaches you know to see another way of doing things and learning and you know having that open mindset 
it's so important. That's something, again, at Connors Key we've always had. We're always looking to push. We're always looking to take new ideas. Um, we're never standing still. We're always looking for the future. What's the next key thing that's going to come in? What's the next addition to the programme? And as you said, those sort of study trips and them opportunities to go abroad and things like Madrid are, are huge opportunities and, and lots to take from them. What was your group of um, uh, like on the course? We, we were very fortunate. We had a great group, you know, really, really close knit group. We had uh, quite a good balance, really. We had a number from the Welsh system um, Christian Edwards from Cardiff, Gavin Chesterfield, Barry, Scott Rusco, TNS, um, Neil Smothers from Carmarthen, Johan Williams, who was at Llandino at the time, Gus Williams from the FW Trust. Um, and then, you know, there was some a number of ex-players, uh, Carl Fletcher, who played for Wales, Steve Morrison played for Wales, Jack Collison, uh, Wales, West Ham. So it was a really, really good mix. So it was it was great to get from the, the fellow Welsh Premier managers and coaches and then also to speak to players who were coming out of the professional game, who were moving into coaching or coaching and managing at a certain level. And, you know, one of the biggest candidates we arguably had on the course was Chris Wilder. Uh, Sheffield United manager and you know what a time to speak to somebody like that who was during the course has got Sheffield United promoted um, to having an incredible season this year in the Premier League you know arguably between him and Klopp will be fighting out for Premier League manager of the season and to have him on the course and what's so great with it that is that it's you learn so much from the tutors and the lecturers and the people who present but you arguably learn as much, if not more, from the fellow candidates because your opportunity to chat in the bar after presentations on a day-to-day in the classroom, you gain so much. And we were, we were very, very fortunate. We had such a great group and everyone was so open. And we still have a WhatsApp group today that's, that's very much alive and people congratulating who've, who've moved on or getting progressions. And, yeah, it was a really tight-knit group. And you know, it's just a shame, really, because I think at this conference was going to be the ceremony the graduation where all pro license holders were going to be getting their awards, which have unfortunately been cancelled due to current circumstances. But I'm sure when we all get together and do it right, it'll be a really good night and a great way to sign off what's been a, a great few years. What was it like going to Swansea and, and, and Doug Graham Potter? Very interesting. You know, Graham had um, some quite out there views, really, quite modern, modern approaches. Um, I always remember his tale of um, the they did a musical with players and the idea was to take them right out of their comfort zone. I think it was one of the clubs that he did abroad, um, but they really engaged with it. Um, and the mindset of, you know, doing something different out of your comfort zone, team unity, team bonding, um, I thought was great. And, and his just general aura, you can just see that player would love to play for him. He was so, he had a, like a warmth around him, incredible knowledge of the game, the way he spoke. He had a very clear playing philosophy that he wanted to follow. Um, he hadn't done it in a traditional way. His, his um, progressions in the game by going abroad and what he achieved there was great. And and to be able to have that full freedom to go in and watch a full first-team session, have the feedback from him as well as his staff on why they did things, how they did things was great. And yeah, it was one of the, one of the many great days that we had on the course. Are you surprised at like, how uh, Chris Wilder's doing? Um, with working with him on the course, and I was quite privileged. I had to do assignments. I had to work quite close with Chris on. 
Um, not at all. You know, the guy's history and his knowledge and ultimately what he did at Sheffield United was phenomenal. I, I took a big interest in it because of I was really intrigued by the three five two shape that Sheffield United did to dominate the championship and how they did and obviously well documented now the right and left side in centre half, overlapping wing backs, you know, it's something that no one has seen before. So hugely inventive and I think he probably doesn't get enough credit because he's a British coach. If a foreign coach had come in and done this revolutionary playing style, it would have been all the rave. Um, but to be to do what he did, um, which is always a big challenge in modern days, try and get two players up front based on what system you're going to play, was phenomenal. And then to do it and then be in the Premier League, where there's going to be huge question marks, well, as always, can you do it in the Premier League? And to be where they are competing for a European place, and playing the football they are and the way that he goes about things is is incredible. So, no, I'm not surprised and I've, I've no doubt that he'll continue to get huge success with Sheffield United. Was he was he open, like an open person to talk to on the course? One of the most open you'll ever get. Yeah, 100%. Um, anything you have asked of him. I, I always remember he did a presentation on a, uh, a day-to-day um, training structure Sheffield United. And at Connors Key, we're transitioning to a full-time programme. So I was, I was really intrigued by that because myself, I haven't worked at a full-time level previously. So, and it was great. And, you know, I, 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 um, I messed him a few times to try and get a few more details on it. And, and he, he was contactable at all times. His detail on it and his approach on the course was great. But I, again, in fairness to FAW, the coaches that they recruit for these courses and, Again, the cohort that we had on that, everybody was like that. You know, there was no egos. Everyone was very open. I have no doubt um, if you ask for help of anybody at any time, everyone would be willing to give, myself included, because that's just the sort of group and people that we had and were very, very fortunate. And it also made, made the course what it was. What was it like listening to Chris Wilder talking about the overlapping centre-halves? Yeah, really interesting because it's just so... I'd, I'd never seen it before. I don't think a lot of people had. Um, but again, like with a lot of things in football, the detail around it is huge, you know, and um, the position of midfielders and how it rotate based on which side went, um, what areas had to be covered. It was more of a zonal marking for the ones without the ball based rather than a man-for-man marking. Um, you know, the, the rotations of the two, where the actual opposite wing-back had to be in relation to the other wing-back when the ball was delivered. The detail around it was huge, um, and you know, and I think one thing that was really interesting was that his actual philosophy was that uh, modern day football, the traditional centre to half, that goes and wins and attacks lots of headers, it's very rare to come by now because a modern day academy player was not that not that makeup, the very technical. So his actual initial reasoning was to get uh, taller fullbacks who could adapt in their aerial abilities but would have the ability to step in with the ball to overlap wing-backs. And, and it was a great, great idea that he had and it allowed him to recruit a different sort of player. And as you said, you've seen the, su- the success of it now and you know, and it'll continue. But I also think he's such a forward-thinking manager. He'll also have a number of other plans in his head that he'll look to, to implement as seasons go by. The... Um... The FAW gets very good um, um, word, like off people. They have very good success off the people uh, who have been on the course. Um, 
how how did you find it going in? Did you, did you get the expectation they receive? Yeah, the FPW trust from that side again, just my this is second to none. You know, the professionalism of all sectors from um, again just from this course from the Celtic Manor Hotel, um, the the unbelievable communication with Amy Hobbs who runs that department. You know, he's first class. Um, who, who runs not just the pro license but the A and the B and whatnot. And as you say, David Adams, who's come in, who's done a bit of work for us in Honesty Pride as well, he's, just, he's a real top guy and I've no doubt that he'll do a great job in the technical director role with the Welsh FA with all his experiences and knowledge as well. And, you know, the, the, the trust is full of great staff. As you said, Carl Darlington previously, um, Gaz Owen is another one who's, who leads the B license now, who's been great. And, that course it epitomised it really you know it was the elite course it was the the top of the level five and everything that they'd put together at the time of Chandler and Lawrence it was you know it was so professional you had media modules you had um, analyst modules you had directors of football you had international managers it was the programme had given so much and also it asked a lot of you as a coach you, know, you had to do a lot of presentations you have to bring a lot to the, the uh, course as well. I think that's what's key. It's not a sit down and listen to everyone. You were, you were involved in every lecture of every session and you had to give your experience as well. And I think that was quite key that you had to give a lot back to the course as a candidate and that was what you were selected on and what can you also give to the course as well as what you can take from it. Um, and it was, it was, no, it was great. And again, we're very fortunate. And I think the, the work that the FAW and FAW Trust does is, uh, is exceptional and, and they deserve huge credit for that. Uh, finally, Jay, um, what's your future plans in the in the game? Good question. Um, always looking forward, um, always wanting to progress. Very, very fortunate at this moment in time uh, working for such a ambitious club in Konski Nomads. You know, we've made huge strides um, last few years. We've got bigger ambitions to hit across all sectors moving forward. Uh, we're continuously working. Um, and I think that's that's the key at the moment. You know, we need to keep pushing. We need to be striving. Uh, can we make the Champions League one day as a football club? Can we win the league one day? It's an ambition that every club, of no doubt, in the league has. Um, and we're no different to that. But I think also raising standards across all sectors. You know, we want to really push our academy. Uh, we're increasing our training time next season uh, for certain groups. Our full-time scholarship, as we mentioned earlier, can they win, push on and to win maybe a national college title, which would be the first in history. Um, off the field, can we develop our clubhouse, our 3G, uh, our stadium criteria? Uh, and also just keep pushing across every sector. You know, that's that's, that's a really, really important for one as a club and as I said earlier, we've got we've got ambitious owner, we've got ambitious committee, we've got great staff, we've got great players, we've got great people across all sections. And if I can continue to be a part of that, and we continue to continue to push and progress, you know, it's um, it's going to be a bright future for everybody involved. Are you going to look into management, or you're happy you're doing what you're doing now? Uh, um, I think it's a tough format. You, you never say no. Um, I've, I've been manager interim at the club numerous times. Um, I've done management but I think the thing for me that I, I, I really enjoy off the field part of football as well as on the field you know I'm quite fortunate my director of football role to work closely with the secretary with the chair with the owner um, seeing the admin side seeing the, the the running of a football club as a whole 
which all builds towards the game as well as the planning of the of the on the field team also. So I'm very fortunate, you know, I'm able to see all sides of how a club works and you know it, it's it's quite appealing really and, and the options move forward are quite open with that mindset and yeah, I just love loving to continue and to continue to push and be a progressive club and you know, I think that's the key, continue to progress. You know, you want to be moving forward and um to have all them opportunities and be at a club like this, I'm sure I'm sure they will all be achieved. Well, Jay, uh, thank you for for joining uh, me on the on the podcast. I really appreciate you coming on. No problem. Again, great, uh, great podcast, mate. You're doing great work, mate. And anything else in the future you need, just let me know. Thank you.